Hey guys, how did you like the conversation with Coach Megan? I'm sure you could relate to many of the things from golf to tennis. Let me know what you thought. This week, I am focusing on events, and I have the absolute best guest to dwell into this topic. Robin Duda is a force in the events industry, and she's setting up a brand new, exciting rackets event called Racket X. I hope I will see you there in Miami. You will learn about all things Racket X in our conversation and so much more because Robin had some great insights to share with us regarding event planning. I honestly can't believe that she has the time to participate in podcast. I worked for a wedding planning company many years ago, and I know how crazy and hectic it is to put on events, especially big events. But you know how they say, if you want something done, give it to a busy person. She may be busy, but she sure get things done. Speaking of events, I just went to the PTR International Rackets Conference last week. I will briefly share my experience with you before I play you my conversation with Robin. Hope that's okay. So the conference was held at Saddlebrook Resort, which is basically my backyard living here in Tampa. So how could I miss it? There were people from all over the world at the conference, which was something that really, really impressed me. I mean, people from Europe, South America, Asia, all traveling here for this experience. That is truly incredible. We have it so easy being here so close to it. I got to meet coaches from Venezuela, which was very cool for me because I am from Venezuela. If you didn't know that, that is why I have an accent or say things in a funny way sometimes. English is my second language. But I came to the US when I was 16 years old for college and I haven't really had a lot of contact with players or coaches from Venezuela since I came here, since I was that young. So. It was great to get to connect with some coaches from back home. I also met coaches from Spain, England, Costa Rica, so it was so cool. My favorite, though, was meeting some of you, our Vita Tennis listeners and guests. I finally met some of our guests in person, which was great, and I had the absolute pleasure of meeting some of our listeners, and I love that because... I feel like I'm just here talking to myself. Believe it or not, while I do hear from some people, it's not really a lot of people. I know that there are hundreds of people tuning into this podcast, but I don't really hear from many of you. So it was really special to actually meet human beings who have listened to this podcast. So please, if you listen to this and you see me somewhere, let me know. I would absolutely love to meet you. Besides meeting awesome people, I thought the conference overall was really good. There were some hits and some misses, but I think overall it was a great experience. I really enjoyed some of the tennis on-court presentations. I will tell you my favorite one was with a coach named Margie Zessinger. I'm probably mispronouncing that. She's from IMG. I thought she was absolutely amazing. She brought like three other female coaches and three top female junior players and share some drills and talked about commonalities within top female tennis players. I thought she was a great speaker and I just really enjoyed her presentation. I also really liked watching Nick Saviano and Ivo Karlovic on the court later that same day. That was really, really cool. I also really enjoyed a workshop that 
KKW put together for executive directors. I thought they shared some great insights. So shout out to Harry Gilbert, who, by the way, has been a guest here. Check out episode number 14. Um, and Len Samar, John Sarosiak, and Michael Mahoney, who all presented some great information to us. I think we need more of this type of content at conferences. Like for me, I feel like while there is always room for improvement for all the on-court stuff, I feel that I get so much more out of this type of content. I feel like the on-court stuff, I feel like I got it. We get it. We have been there, you know, doing this for so many years, for hours and hours. So I really think we really, really need to do a better job about talking and sharing information regarding the off-court stuff. There was also a 25 women's event going on. I got to watch some of the ladies play. The level was great, just so impressive. I gotta say though that it was unfortunate to see how few people were there watching these amazing players. I don't know if this is a marketing issue or what is going on because man, the level is so great. And it is so fun to watch. So I'm not sure how we can get more people out there supporting these players. I didn't go to too many of the social events just because of my teaching schedule, but I did go to the awards dinner. It was great. It was very nice. The PTR gave out a few awards. And I got to say, I love seeing people win, seeing people get recognized for a job well done. I love watching any award ceremony, the Grammys, the Oscars, all of it. Um, so, you know, at the PTR, they gave out a Pro of the Year award to Simon Gale, who's at the USTA National Campus. So congratulations to him. I'm sure that is very well deserved. They did a few awards and amongst them, there was a Lifetime Achievement Award that they gave out to James Blake and Mary Pierce. And I think this was a bit of a miss here because while we all know these two incredible tennis players, and it really is such a treat to get to see them in person. I'm just not sure how much this award may or may not mean to them. I would have loved to see this huge honor go to a tennis coach who has been teaching and growing tennis for a lifetime. I think that would mean so much more to a coach than to a superstar tennis player who has already won every accolade you can imagine. Now, I may be wrong here, but that's just how I feel about it. So, and I think we, we just need to do overall a better job of honoring and recognizing coaches, especially at an event that is meant to be for the coaches. Um, anyway, that's just my opinion and it's okay if we don't agree, but overall I had a great time. I enjoyed being around passionate rackets professionals and I think the PTR put on a great event at their new home site. And as always, please visit our website for all things Vita Tennis at VitaTennisPodcast.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please help me grow it by sharing it with others in the industry. Get ready to hear from one of the best out there, only here at Vita Tennis. Enjoy! Welcome to Vita Tennis, the podcast for those of us who eat, sleep, breathe tennis. Today, I have the pleasure of welcoming Robin Duda, co-founder and managing director of Racket X. Robin is an award-winning event strategist who has worked for some of the most recognized brands in the world like Coca-Cola, Spotify, Visa, and IBM. She's the founder of Robin Duda Creative, which is an event management firm, and the Change the Stage initiative, which looks to elevate underrepresented voices in events. She has a wealth of experience in event management and public speaking. 
and she went to Muhlenberg College and lives in Atlanta. Welcome, Robin, to Vita Tennis. Well, I eat, sleep, and like you eat, sleep, and breathe racket sports. I eat, sleep, and breathe events. Nice. So what's your story before we get going into all the racket sports? What's your story? What's your tennis or racket story? I don't know. I'm guessing you play tennis or do you play any other sports? Not well, not well. <laughs> uh, I'm very happy that Atlanta's got its first paddle club that I could start to go to, though, although it's not super close. They're opening one about 10 minutes away because I, I think that that, you know, I, of course, I, I play with family and friends, pickleball, etc. Tennis, I would say I never really caught my groove, took lessons for a while, although I, I wish I were better than I was. Or that I am. And I'm really excited that Paddle's going to be here because I've been playing in Miami a little bit when I'm down there getting ready for Racket Axe. So, but I've been an athlete my whole life. I grew up with a basketball in my hand for the most part. And my story is very basketball centric. And I've been a runner and avid yogi for a very long time. But I'm a fan of all sports, particularly racket sports. They're extremely fun to watch, enthusiasts. But at its heart, I'm an event gal. So now you play Padel. When I can, you know, Atlanta just got, and I'm obviously I'm still a newbie because it's still new here. I'm not good at any of these racket sports. I'm not playing. <laughs> You're not going to see me be a superstar by, by any means, but I think yeah. they're really fun. They, they unite. And I love that, uh, especially pickleball. I love the inclusiveness of it, that you can play anywhere. You can play with anyone uh, for the most part. You can be yeah. super competitive or you could just be really casual about it. But it, there's not a huge learning curve there. Yeah. And I think that's really fun. Yeah. And so why Racket X then? You're you're in events. Uh, you could go in to do all kinds of events. Why in particular rackets? Yeah, um, I've been in that industry for 20 years and I had been consulting for my business and, and doing consulting work for the last six now, but, but five years prior to kind of jumping in on the Racket X endeavor. And uh, investors who I know, and they happen to be in a space, one's an event tech investor, my co-founder, Michael Giberti. He had some investors who were um, investing in the racket sports space. They noticed that there was no place that everyone gathers. You know, there are your associations, which do a great job in their specific niches. There are tournaments that you can go to, but there was no place that truly united both the players and the makers across all the different racket sports. And they came to me and they said, do you want to do what you do? here uh, for the racket sport world. And I was like, yeah, of course you do. So that's how this all came to be. There's some clear white space here. It seems like our early trajectory is that the industry is really into what we're putting together uh, and excited about it. There's been explosive growth uh, in the industry and, and I'm a connector and, and I know how to create and design moments that get people to further connect. And in this case, we want everyone to continue to grow. Uh, the, like I said, racket sports have, have been on the, are on the rise. Uh, we want to make sure that we do our due diligence to help keep it on the upward trajectory uh, by creating content that maybe is a little bit different. That's talking about the broader sports arena and hearing from different industries and different sports about how they've both succeeded and failed in places that where many, maybe many of the racket sports are now. I love it. I mean, I can geek out all day on all things rackets. I'm in this world. So I, I'm super excited to hear that. And we'll bring on some fun too, is the, is the yeah. plan. 
We're building nine courts out, uh, which is no small feat. We're building four paddle courts, which is not going to be easy by four different court builders, uh, a full tennis court, free pickleball courts. And the last court, um, we had intended it to be squash, but we're, uh, squash courts are extremely difficult and um, expensive. So we're, we're figuring out what the last, the ninth court will be. So TBD on that. But yeah, we're, they're going to be able to do clinics. Brands are going to have product demos. Um, we're going to have some really fun surprises. Um, there'll be some open play time as well. So maybe if you haven't played one of the sports, you're a loyalist to one, you can see um, some really good people uh, uh, play, or you can get on the court and, as with a one-on-one and an instructor and, and maybe learn a little something. Yeah. Maybe let's backtrack a little bit because maybe someone hasn't heard of Racket X. I mean, I've obviously heard of it. It's a brand new event. Can you maybe just introduce it? Just say exactly what it is and who and who's it for? Absolutely. So Racket X is both business and consumer event. It's in Miami, March 24th to the 26th. We are lucky enough to be right in the middle of the Miami Open timeframe. So it's a Sunday, Monday, Tuesday during the, the busier middle week of the Miami Open. Mm-hmm. We also have the APP Pickleball Miami Open, uh, which will be is one of their largest. It's going to be uh, in the convention center. We're at the Miami Beach Convention Center. They're going to be next door to us in the convention center, having their Miami Open. Um, their championship day will be Sunday, which is our opening day. And then we're going to have a paddle tournament as well. So it's for both businesses and, and consumers. So if you're a, a fan, a coach, a player, an enthusiast, or you own a club, you're an operator of a club, a university or school, parks and recs, investors in the space, and real estate developers and HOAs, there will be content and activities for everyone. That's exciting. And is there anything specific for coaches? Why should coaches in particular be interested in attending? Discovery is a big piece of this. And and I I can't announce yet because it's not official, but there will be some coaching associations that will have a a presence there. I'm sure you could imagine the coaching associations that I'm referring to. They'll have a presence and they're going to be doing some things with us. But there'll be discovery of new products. There will be new rackets, new uh, apparel lines. There'll be some new technology that we're featuring on our different courts. So things like that will be really interesting for everyone to, to kind of take a hold of. And then, of course, content, future of coaching, player development, and just the future of the, the sport in general will be there. We're partnered with associations, you, you name it. I feel like they're there between um, USA Pickleball will be represented. We got USA Racquetball, you know, the coaching associations across the board through a lot of different publications will be there as well. That's so cool. And which racket sports are represented? At Racket X. Well, the three majors, uh, we hate, I hate saying that because I, I like um, treating them all fairly, but pickleball, paddle, and tennis, of course. There will be um, some squash presence there, um, as well as uh, racquetball. And then pop tennis will be there. Cardio tennis will be there. There'll be some red ball tennis for newbies and beginners that the USTA is bringing. Table tennis, we'll have some table tennis tables and some of the folks there for that. And I think that's, we're trying to work badminton in somehow, but I'm not sure that's going to look nice. Good. Oh, you need to work in beach tennis. <laughs> I know, well, we, we're, there may be something beach tennis. It, we, um, it's going to be very hard to bring all the sand in uh, to the convention yeah. center. We may try and do something um, at a beach, um, but TBD and more to come on that. I will certainly yeah. let you know once that's been finalized, but we're working potentially on some little activity. Yeah, beach tennis is so fun. You should play it sometime. And I hear it's extremely, it's very popular. It is. It's very popular, but yes, you kind of need the sand, the beach, and it's, 
you're only going to find it in places that have beaches, but it's a really, really fun one. Have you been to, I know I saw you at the PGA show in Orlando, which I was so happy to see some Iraqi representation there. That was awesome. I felt like, oh, I found my little little place where I belong at the PGA show. So that was awesome. Uh, but have you yourself been to any tennis or rackets conferences that, that where you could tell like, this is what will be different at Racket X? No. Tournaments, yes, of course. Tournaments across the board. But having been to many or, or any of the conferences in those spaces, I mean, I've looked at them. This is what I do for a living is consult and assess. So I've been to most of their websites. We're not trying to be competitive to anything that exists. Like I said, for the association side of things, they put on some really great conferences and they go very deep and we're partnered with all of them. So there'll be some content that comes in that they're helping us develop to a certain extent, or at least a session, like the American Sports Builder Association. They'll, they're putting on two panels for us, but everything is different than what you'd see at one of those conferences. There's a different lens. Everything is very challenging the future, future forward and focused on growth. So, so I, I will say that. Okay. And what would you say has been the biggest challenge taking on this huge project that you decided to be a part of? And I don't like to go small. It's like go big or go home. So the yeah. biggest challenge, we're building out like 140,000 square feet of space for a year one launch. May or may not sound like a lot, but it's a lot. It's big. And building nine courts in three days, four, three days, and then tearing them down in one and a half is not going to be a small, it's going to be a Oh my gosh going to be a, a challenge. Yeah, I did ask you this when I saw you said this is outdoors, right? Or indoors? Oh, it's inside. Oh, it's inside. So it's like on a carpet. It's concrete. So every, every all the, the court builders have to bring in their, their flooring as well. Yeah. Oh, so it's going to be like actual, like hard court? Oh, it's, yeah, it's like real, everyone's, court builders are, this is their showcase. So this oh. is, there's a different court builder for each of the courts who want to showcase it to different clubs, investors, real estate developers, you name it, who might want to purchase a court. So they're coming, they're going all out on their courts. Oh, that's awesome. So, so inside the convention center and you, you're putting up all these courts inside the convention center. Yeah. Oh, okay. I get it. Now I can the picture it. Okay. I got it. It's going to be a challenge for yeah. sure. We're up for it. I've been doing this for a while, so um, I'm sure things will go wrong, but no one will ever see. But we do really well in events. Challenge has been, I mean, we, we time, again, building events is so fun and frenetic and chaotic and amazing. Learning the ins and the outs of the industry, like the industry side of this, simultaneously learning all the different sports uh, and all the different players within each of those uh, on top of the club side of it, the real estate side of it, so that at least we can speak intelligently and understand who some of the voices were that needed to be heard in these different segments were. Certainly was a challenge. I think we we put together a really good team who has tackled that and, and bringing in just some really different, some different stuff, but just the, the sheer size of this between probably close to 40, 45 sessions that we're going to be having. All the courts are being programmed. So let's think of that as almost like eight hours of content per court for nine courts per day that we're organizing and orchestrating, plus all the other little things that are little fun stuff that's going to happen, like the podcast studio um, that hopefully you'll be able to podcast from, yeah. uh, like the show, et cetera. It's just, it's a, it's certainly a challenge from just a buildup standpoint and sheer. Of course. The industry and then getting like I said getting to know the ins and the outs of the industry which I think we're getting there yeah how long has it been in the making has it been a year or I'm guessing longer than that 
No, it should have. Yeah, well, since April of last year was when we decided to to go. So not even a full year we, we've had. So yeah, it's been a, it's been a night and day making this thing come to life. So I really yeah. hope that everyone enjoys it. So what's the dream? Where do you see going in the future? Is this something you want to have every year? What's the yeah, vision? For sure, want this to be an annual event. That's the plan. And, and part of the what's so fun about events is you get to plan the next year before the year happens so yeah. that we can announce what's happening in 2025, hopefully. So while we haven't had a show yet, I'm already planning the next one. Uh, oh, you time. are? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you got so an annual show, and then we'll see about in in the U.S. We we would probably only have one of these, is my guess. But there's always potential expansion beyond the U.S. But for right now, I want to get through 2024, have it be a really solid year, continue to grow it, and in, in the years to come. Okay, and then what are your thoughts on on this whole you know integration of all the different racket sports? Because I think. I mean, you guys are probably one of the first ones. It tends to be like they're all separate and everyone takes a lot of pride in their own kind of sport and they, they kind of put the other one down. And I do that sometimes too. I'm not going to pretend I don't. So what do, you, what do you think about like how we can integrate all of it and we can all be friends? <laughs> yeah, I mean, for, for me, it's there's just two things. One, rising tides lift all, lift all boats or ships. So if, if one is growing, you, you have to hope that if you have a racket in one hand, you have a paddle in another. And that could, that, that momentum, that if you love one, you, it's not exclusive, that you can play all of them. You, do you have to, does one have to, do all of them have to be your main sport? Do you have to switch? No, but but you can be flexible in that. And I, and I think that there's there's beauty in that. And the competition of the different types of people that you can play in each of these sports with. And you could have a table tennis or a ping pong table in your house, but that doesn't mean that you don't love tennis anymore. And then I just, I think for us, looking at the industry, the buying patterns, the way different brands, they're getting into multiple racket spaces. So while yes, there are some, some brands that are just dedicated to tennis or to pickleball or to, you know, X, Y, and Z, uh, many of them, are, and what we're trying to shine a light on too, and we're going to be doing some research on this, the consumer side of this and what the opportunity is for someone to buy who might be interested in multiple sports. And there's, there's a lot of growth opportunity there for sure. But looking at it horizontally, and it's that, okay, well, you might be pickleball, you might be tennis, and maybe we think that, you know, there isn't space for both of you because one's taking courts from the other, et cetera, et cetera. Right. We still all can learn from each other, but from, like I said, from the outside. And we're trying to take the lens where we're not, there's no tennis track, there's no pickleball track, there's no this, it's like everything is, you can be in any one of the sports and hear about how AI is shaping and what's happening in the coaching world around AI and at the sport that you're coaching, that session is still applicable to you. And we hope that there's unity in hearing these broader messages that could affect our industry that you can then kind of connect on as, uh, as in part of your world. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that you mentioned technology. I think that's that that's what I'm most excited about. I think about RacketX is seeing, you know, just good technology and even event technology, right? Because that has advanced too. Yeah. Um, what are some of your favorite, like, advances, I guess, in technology when it comes to events? Like, you know, just at the PGA, like now they scan you your barcode. Like, I thought that was pretty cool. Is there anything like that with RacketX or which one's your favorite? Yeah, we have invested. I've used them in the past. There's an AI-based event app that we will be launching a couple of weeks out from the event. And it's everything that you need 
to navigate the event will be there. All the sessions, all of the different vendors, their booths, their numbers, uh, being able to book some of the court set or some of the things that are happening on courts may require a reservation, et cetera. But the really cool part from a business standpoint, the, the business part of it is the matchmaking. And it's it's AI-based like Tinder. You're swiping and it's when you're when you're kind of uh, liking people or you know swiping on certain people that you want to meet with, it knows intuitively um, their attributes and serves you up different people who might be like that. So huh. while you think you might know everyone in the industry or only want to meet with a couple of people, it'll start to serve you people that are like the other ones that you're interested in. So that like-minded individuals can get together, we can have meetups, or they could, you know, different businesses can meet with different potential buyers that maybe they didn't know were there too. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. So our technology is amazing. Everyone has to use it for it to work, but I see no issues. This is a pretty tech savvy industry. Everyone's on social, they're on their phones. We see them being very active. So I have no doubt that that part um, the the app part of this is going to be happening. And I like that you guys are integrating everyone, even us podcasters, we're going to have uh, a presence there. So I think that's a first for any tennis type of event that I've seen. It's it. really... It's really important when, when uh, we started to build this, you know, events can be very, if you have the money, then you get to do the thing. And there are a lot of brands and, and it's, you know, and obviously we're, we're a for-profit business. So we need to make money, of course. Yeah. But I just, I, we want to create an environment where everyone has the ability to participate. Mm-hmm. No matter if you were just in the beginning and starting your business, if you're an influencer, we look at them as influential people. You don't have to have a million followers to be an influencer or to be influential in this industry. So making sure that we're accommodating as much as we can, because we see the type of environment we're creating as even for this to the, for new folks or smaller businesses or up and comers or emerging brands that this could be a jumping off point for them. And, and we, we want them to grow with us. So we want to give opportunities for everyone to be able to, to share as much as they can. And what do you think makes an event special? You're the, you're the event expert. What do you think makes an event special? I speak a lot about experience and people take experience as like, oh, it's this cool thing that I was able to Instagram and like I, I get to talk about. It. And that is certainly a big part of experience. I think that's the engagement part of experience, but there's so much more that comes before that to get you to that point. So while you can just throw up a really cool photo wall and call it a day and do some interesting things, I think there's an entire layer before that of making sure that people understand who we are as a brand, what we're trying to accomplish, how do you navigate our event, how do you engage with us? What kind of content? What do we bring to the table? How do you navigate the show properly? There's just a lot of things that affect someone's experience coming to an event. A lot of little things. And, and what I discovered in my time working in this field is that for every negative experience that happens or negative thing, I need three positives to counterbalance that. And when you know that, no event is perfect. And there's always going to be things that go wrong, people that are unhappy. I mean, that's just that's the, the way it is. But if you understand that you need to have other moments that you, can, that you can nail, we can't control the weather and whether you get a bad drive in, but we certainly can control what registration looks like and that we're greeting you with a really smiley face. We're hoping that there are, well, we hope that there are long lines, but not really long lines. <laughs> It's a, it's a we want lots of people there. We want to make sure we're controlling the flow and people aren't wasting time. Those are little things that, that to me make an event really special. You, you don't maybe not realize are happening behind the scenes, but that can really create a lot of friction if they're not done well. 
And on top of that, obviously creating moments, like I said, like on the court, being able to connect with each other, meet new people. I've been emailing every registrant that comes into our system to just find out like why, like, why, like you're believing in us in the first year that we're doing this. And that's really important and special to me in particular. Yeah. What do you want to see here so that we understand the needs of all, all of the folks who are coming and to try and put on something as close to that as we can get. Are you going to have any special appearances? <laughs> Hopefully, yes. Whether they're announced or unannounced is a different question. There, there okay. will be a few. We are working still on that. Obviously, there are a lot of folks that are in town because of the Miami Open, the APP Pickleball Tournament. So there will hopefully be a couple on our stage. And um, we have a couple of pickleball folks who, who will be up there, but a couple of big names we're working on. But they'll probably be closer to the event that we announced than when we have schedules. Yeah, yeah cool. What's your favorite tennis event that you've been to? I mean, there's the U.S. Open is pretty magical. I, I just, I think it's such a, I, I mean, I lived in New York for 12 years. I've been to a handful of, of U.S. Opens and I just, what that does to the city and the energy, having lived there, it was always just something really special. I know it's, maybe that's a little cliche, but I think being, I guess, technically you could call me a New Yorker. I was there longer than 10 years. The energy that it brings to the city was just really special. I will never forget what I felt the first time I went to the U.S. Open because I took the train like many, many people do. You take the train and then like those doors open, you come out and it's like, boom, right there. It's huge. It's like it's a massive and it's, <laughs> it's it's iconic. You know, it truly is. And I just the whole campus and everything that happens around Outside of all the different things that are happening, I just, I, it's just a really, as an event person too, who loves and lives and breathes experiences, I, they just, they do it. It's an amazing, it's an amazing time. Yeah, I know. I love it. And what about demographic wise? Do you think yeah. that this is an event for, I don't know, younger people or is this for like more professionals? What do you think? It's across the board, which is why it was really hard figuring out what our brand looked like, the language that we used, how we presented ourselves, because, you know, there are newcomers who are in their 20s who have companies that are popping up and things that are there. And we know that there's a huge demographic of paddle and pickleball in, in the early stages of their life. We have a kid's day that's a kid's morning on Sunday morning that families can come and you can bring your kids. Oh, um, through, you know, folks who have been in the industry on the business side for, for 30 plus years. Um, so I truly think that that's the cool part about this is that anybody is welcome. The joining force is that you love racket sports and you might just love watching them. You might love playing them. You might love being in the business. But I think demographic wise, we're going to be all over the map. <laughs> okay, so even kids then. Yeah, uh, yeah, we did it. We were doing a two-hour kids morning on Sunday morning. USTA uh, is helping us with that, and well, I mean, it's it could be really fun for somebody who's maybe they live in town or they're in town for for a long weekend to go to the Miami Open and and stop by Racket X to to do some on court stuff with with their family and their kids. All right, cool. And yeah. Racket X is it the, is the X for Expo? Like, is that basically experience? Experience. Okay. <laughs> I was thinking it was like a record. It started as expo, but I quickly ch- changed that to experience. <laughs> I like that. What's been the grand slam moment and the double bagel moment of your career or your playing tennis moment, you know, whatever you want to share, oh, but gosh. the grand slam being the high and, you know, the double bagel obviously being the low. It can be in the event world because you've done some pretty big events. So Yeah, no, I, I mean, it's been some interesting stuff. And it's probably not like 
the big stuff that were my highs. It were like these some a lot of like interesting wins, you know. Definitely, COVID was really hard for people in the event world. Everything stopped, so I would say I don't. It was just hard. So I think personally, it was low. It was scary. Uh, I did okay. Obviously, I'm still here. And it's okay. <laughs> but there, it was, it, as a business, a small business owner who had some responsibility to some employees, that was hard. Uh, COVID was really hard navigating what was going to happen, when would events come back, and also how to navigate it. I was consulting for for companies and, and some really big events at the time, and it was none of us knew it was unknown territory uh, and and uncharted water so that was a a low at the same time I think it was kind of it was a challenge but in a good way it forced me to think differently and think bigger and and not rest on a lot of laurels that I had because I've been doing this for a long time yeah forced you to think of different things too right like now you know zoom used to be not that big and after the pandemic like everything's on zoom a lot of the events were like Zoom based, basically. Yeah, and it it really forced, and and not enough of the industry followed suit, in my opinion. But that's a separate conversation. But it forced everyone to come back differently, in my opinion. Which is why you know building Racket X, the way we're building it, where it's nest not this isn't a trade show. It's so much more than that. It's truly an experience, but you'll still be able to do business here, but you'll be able to have some fun here. And I think we're, we're, I think we're being honest with ourselves about what this is, what it looks like. And I think COVID really forced me to hone in on what was truly important to the audiences because it's harder to get people to leave their homes, to travel, to pay for stuff, to spend their time there. It's, It's valued differently right now. So I think that while that was a really hard time, it also brought out some really good things, I, I think, for me and, and how I design. So maybe that's a cop-out answer. I mean, I've done some really cool stuff. I mean, I, I ran the largest cruise shipping event in the world um, for a couple of years, a long time ago. And I mean, the experience, the highs that I had. I mean, there was some really cool stuff that I got to do. I got, to, I got used to get invited to all the inaugural sailings of things. So I was on the first cruise ship that was purpose built, meaning that was it's built specifically for a region that went from from Shanghai to Nagasaki, which was wild because everything was smaller and I'm pretty tall. But there's some there's some very cool moments probably needed a martini in my hand to to talk about a little bit. (laughs) I would say the pros and cons during the last couple years of COVID for me, I think we came out of this and I feel like I designed a lot better and a lot calmer. I'm not as my anxiety is much calmer, etc. But during the time it was it definitely didn't feel that way. Yeah, I can imagine. And I also wanted to ask you just for the coaches listening, you know, a lot of times we have to run events ourselves. We have to run tournaments, for a lot. Or even social events. So I don't know, do you have any advice for for coaches running events with something that we should always keep in mind when I- running yeah, I oh well one experience I can send you a, I have like a whole it's like a trademarked uh, methodology that I have of how to think about designing an event and how to how to like what to think about to get people to have the most engagement as possible. But what I always recommend doing is uh, I do like a day in the life and like a pre mortem. So it's you basically walk through it. If I'm an if I'm a player or an attendee or a ticket holder or whatever that looks like. Yeah. We physically all went to Florida a couple of weeks ago, went to Miami. We went, we all stayed at a different one of our hotels from our room block. We all came a different way. 
one drove, flew into different airports, et cetera. So like, we're truly trying to see what the vulnerabilities might be that we can control and what we can't control. We can't control a lot of them, but if we realize that like, oh shoot, I did an event in Fort Lauderdale, a really big one, it was like 13,000 people a long time ago. We realized that there was going to be a huge traffic issue on the way in. We got the city to change the traffic lights for us. <laughs> so like, we wouldn't have done that if we didn't experience the traffic issue ourselves. So to me, it's always like thinking about what can go wrong and the potential things that can go wrong before they go wrong and then figuring out if there's a solution to them. And if there isn't, that's okay. But know what your plan B, your plan C's could be to try and like mitigate it. Because like I said earlier, you need a lot of positives to counterbalance one negative that might happen. So that's always my thing. It's like, look at like what could go wrong, list it out and figure out what you can fix before it goes wrong. Yeah, be mindful of people and yourselves in their shoes we're, human. we're all human you know and like people show up to events I, I call it like experience mindsets like yeah you might be a coach you might be a, a club and looking for different things at racket x but like you're a human first and like maybe your kid's sick at home and you didn't want to be here but you had to be here you know you're coming in and you're you might not be in the best headspace walking into the event but how do we help you change that? You know what I mean? How do we be, be empathetic to things that might be happening in your life? How do we make things as easy as possible for you to get from point A to point B so you get the things that you need out of what we're doing? And how do we service you? And I think it's really important to remember that not everyone reads emails. They don't. I'm like before they go to an event. And I know how many times. so many emails. Email, but it was in the email. It's like an organizer. Nice. Think about you going through all these details. And like I never. I. I'm the worst PGA show. I didn't read any emails they sent me. None. So like I show oh, up, my I'm that person and, and I plan events. So like I show up and I'm just like, where am I supposed to go? I want uh, to tell me, or I want people to tell me, I'm not going to read about it. So thinking about how different people, how different types of people do different things is, is really important. And you try and we try and always like satisfy all of them if we can. That's so funny that you mentioned that because so I, I went with Ed, who, you know, and he had it all planned out. Like he knew who he, you know, who he was going to talk to, what booths he was going to yeah. look at. And he's like, what do you want to look at? And he's asking me questions. I'm like, I have zero expectations. I have no idea. I'm here to see what it's all about. And like, I didn't even open an email. I didn't even have like- You my- both have a podcast. You both like, so it's, So if you're looking at it from like the organizer standpoint, we would, most of them would put you in the same bucket. And you, and, and you, one might have a great experience and the other one might not because it wasn't easy for you. And again, I'm, I'm using this as an example, but I thought they did a good job. You might just be wandering around being like, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. Yeah, because you didn't prepare. Okay, but there are things that we as organizers can do for people who don't prepare. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Show up and like, let's just in the app. I didn't plan like I didn't plan my session. Just tell me I'm a coach. Here are all the things. Like, just look up all the things. And then if you were able to just pull up on our app, I'm a coach, and here are all the things that we suggest you take a look at. We plan out your afternoon. Like that's what I want. I want someone just to tell me where I'm supposed to go. I don't want to have to think about it. So yeah. we're I. Oh, I always recommend like it's it's a little bit harder, but in the end, people tend to be a little more satisfied if you can do that. Yeah. The, and the PTR actually, I'm going for the first time to the PTR conference and they have an app, which I didn't know about. Somebody like messaged me like, hey, I couldn't find you on there. And I was like, oh, I didn't even know that there was one. So I downloaded it and it's actually really cool. Like it has all the information and I'm like, oh, yeah. it's so helpful. <laughs> so I'm glad to hear exactly. that. 
there's, there's going to be one too. You don't have to like lose a business card or like, you know what I mean? Yeah. All stuff like, and those, those little things really make a big difference in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much, Robin. This was really fun and I can't wait to see you at Racket X. I hope that it's not too stressful and, and you get, you take some time off and celebrate after. No one's going to hear from me in April. I'll tell you that much. Oh, good. <laughs> take, you need to take like a long vacation after that. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, oh, yes. But I can't wait to see you there. And we're just, we're really excited to make this thing come to life. Yeah. And everyone, everyone should support this. I say, and that's what I was telling Ed, it's like everyone in the tennis industry or rackets industry should support this because it's exciting. It's something new. We've never had anything like this. So you got to show the support. You got to show up. If you can make it, like share the information with others because, you know, this is how we make our industry better is supporting how, things like this. Yeah, it's it's how I think we're all going to keep the momentum going and continue yeah. to grow and get better. And we love the support. The industry across the board has been so incredible supporting this. So I, I really think uh, we hope we do our part to, to drive something and create something really special and then keep building on that momentum uh, for years to come. Yeah, that's awesome. I can't wait to be there. All right. Well, thank you so much, Robin. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Vita Tennis. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. And if you did, please remember to share with others. Sharing is caring. And if you want to contact me directly, you can do so via our website or you can email me at vitatennispodcast at gmail.com. Have a great week.